Hey, welcome. Uh, we're going to be doing our uh, fifth episode, actually kind of our sixth uh, for the Fully Charged cast. Uh, my name is Joe, and I'm here with uh, Matt and Frank. What up? Hello. And so, you know, today we're just going to, like, unfortunately, Brent won't be here again. Uh, he's busy doing uh, things. Um, so we'll just uh, kind of just go straight into just doing, like, some catch-up and just talking about what's uh, been going on lately with, like, media and uh, games, all that stuff. And then we're going to actually do like more of a deep dive with movies. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about the reality of the uh, entertainment industry. Uh, talk about aggregate review sites and how it maybe affects people's opinions before they might see movies. Or even like be a little bit more harsh than what they really should be. And then we're just going to talk about the current state of films in general. So I guess we'll just go back to uh, catching up. So what do you guys, um, what do you guys been up to lately? Uh, I... Um... Speaking on other notes, I finally watched Westworld since the last cast. Watched the whole first season. I really enjoyed that show. And I'm all caught up on Game of Thrones Season 7. And I know you don't watch Game of Thrones, Joe, but I know Frank does. So that, yeah. that's my, my media consumption. And, of course, I'm all caught up on Rick and Morty. So that's pretty much all I've been up to. So, I mean, would you say that you are a hardcore Rick and Morty fan? Ah, no, I don't. I don't. No, I I enjoy the show, but there are people who like it a lot more than I do, and I will not take that away from them. Yeah, I mean, some people just say it's the best series to come out from Cartoon Network or Adult Swim. <laughs> some might say that, or maybe say a little bit more than that. I'm not going to go into that though. Yeah, some people take it a little bit too far, but they they look for symbolism that may or may not have been intentional. It's just a weird fan base. Like I, I enjoy the show, and I'm not, I'm not at the point yet where I'm ashamed to say that I like the show. But I talk to some people, and it's just like, okay, you really like the show, and I don't like it as much as you do. And you're gonna find that out real quick. I think I think <laughs> we can talk more about that uh, with some of the topics we have today about fan bases and how we. Yeah consume our things for sure so frank what have you been up to when it comes to engaging in media and all that fun stuff um well i haven't really seen any new movies uh i've been kind of re-watching stuff i already like like star trek next generation and Battlestar galactica i actually finally am getting around to watch star trek deep space nine which i don't know how i feel about it yet but it's okay um uh past that I've been just playing Elite Dangerous still. I got a really good ship, and it's so cool and extremely expensive. So I'm grinding for more money to make it better. But it's it's a uh, that game is still so awesome, and I'm extremely excited about Sonic Mania uh, next Tuesday. Got everything paid off. Um, we got the collector's edition. I'm that much of a nerd, and I'm definitely gonna be streaming it next Tuesday for the site. So take a look, guys. Um, would Would you say keep it locked <laughs> no, I, I, would not, I would not say that i would not i would say if you're interested in seeing a cool kind of retro revival of sonic in the same vein of say like Mega Man 9 and 10 i definitely check it out it looks really cool and i don't really care for a lot of the newer sonic games but i really like the old ones the old genesis classics and this is in that vein so i'm i'm extremely excited well you also aren't 10 frank so that would probably explain why you don't like the new ones yeah, the new ones are kind of catered towards like a weird audience. Well, I, I mean, I, granted, I played I, them all, and I I actually did enjoy them for what they were, but they just were not actually that good. I didn't hate most of I, them. I didn't, I didn't hate, hate them. The adventure yeah. games. I didn't hate the adventure games or Sonic Heroes, but anything really past that, other than Sonic Generations and Generations was really parts, good. Parts of Sonic Unleashed were good, but then they had those weird three D brawler segments that went on for 40 minutes too long <laughs> um, but yeah. past that you know, I really like Genesis games two adventure games are good heroes had some fun moments um, and generations those were those were legit and Sonic 06 is good for a laugh maybe we'll stream that sometime because it's it's pretty awful <laughs> yeah I mean I, I this is the thing is too for a stream like we can always stream like things that might not actually be good but they're fun to watch because just because they're not good doesn't mean they're not funny. So we like a lot of different things. Yeah, of course. And then for me, I guess uh, I've been watching 
Um, well, I did see the Dark Tower um, over the weekend. It was not very good, um, but I can talk a little bit more that, about that later. And then besides that, um, I actually started getting into watching uh, Ballers. I'm watching a new season. Um, for some reason, I kind of like that show. It's actually more... I mean, it's not... It's, it's, yeah, it's not actually that good. It's just, like, engaging, I guess, would be more the reason why I watch it. So, And I still need to get into Game of Thrones. Um, I did watch the first episode of the new season. I had no clue what was going on. So, yeah. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, that... Yeah. That's not surprising. Yeah, but besides that, I did buy Persona 5. Still need to play it. And then, um... Yeah, that's pretty much what I've been up to. It's a good one. That's what I hear. So, yeah, I guess we'll just go jump right into this. Um, so, let's talk about the reality and uh, morals from our entertainment industry when it comes to, like, fan bases and stuff like that. So, I know, Frank, you have quite a bit to talk about um, that subject right now. Uh, okay. Well, first off, I want to apologize if I talk a lot about this stuff. I, I think about this stuff a lot, and we have some articles that I would hope that we're going to start putting out coming up here just kind of take a real deep dive into um the film industry is what i'd like to focus on well you Um, don't have to apologize frank because we have a host (laughs) okay (laughs) anyway um i'm not sure how to take that but um i think i'm supposed to apologize for you or cut you off oh i see Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway. I think that, I think that's what he was kind of getting towards. Yeah, that that's what I was getting at. Yeah. Oh. If you if you ramble too long, talk, we have a host for that. And I can just say like I can just say cut Matt. Cut Matt. Go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's uh that sounds fun. Yeah. Um. So, the basic idea behind this is, I'd say a fair amount of our reality is framed by the media we consume how we perceive things, how we, how we react to various events, um, how, how we view other people uh, can be a symptom of the media we consume. Um, there's, there's examples in our older culture where there was this 1950s idyllic vision of the two and a half kids white picket fence and in reality, you know, that didn't really exist, at least in that scope. It may have for some, but it did The, the nuclear family? Yeah, the nuclear, the American nuclear family. It, it, but it didn't exist quite like that. Uh, there's this, this notion that a lot, of, a lot of things that are changing now were never there before, but they were. They just weren't represented. But I'm not going to get political with this. This is just more an example of how the media we consume changes our view of reality and we're all guilty of it it's it's not in itself a terrible thing it's just being able to step back from that i think is a skill we could all stand to learn um just based on the films that come out uh tend to be kind of not every movie but a lot of the films now even summer blockbusters are are just dumb they're not they're not well thought out. They're just kind of like, here is the plot. You're going to know everything that's going to happen from beginning to end. There will be no surprises. The status quo will be fine at the end, and maybe there'll be a character death of somebody that didn't really matter. Um, it's it's just kind of endemic. Um, and, and even then, the media that exists in this time, we live in a time where we're very connected and everybody is very doom and gloom. There's been studies done where as generations get older, kind of negative media uh, becomes more prevalent because that generation is starting to realize that, that they're being replaced. Uh, it'll happen with, with the millennial generation that all three of us are a part of uh, at some point in the future. But uh, it's just kind of a it's kind of a weird time. Matt, do you have anything to add to that? This was originally a topic before, so we'll take a look at our notes real quick. Yeah, like you were saying, like I'm just I'm just thinking of all the movies that have come out so far 
this summer blockbuster season and I, I, I haven't seen Planet of the Apes, but I'm just going to go on the assumption based on the last two that came out because I, I really enjoyed those movies. Like they were they were they were popcorn films, but they were all they also had me thinking after I was like like the second one, Dawn. Like I consistently thought about that movie like weeks after I I was done watching it, and I didn't feel that way so much about Spider Man Homecoming, which. While it was fun, it didn't really have a whole lot of substance behind it. Was was the new Planet of the Apes movie? Did it have a lot of substance behind it? Like, like I was talking about. But it seems that it's just like this movie has big. It has insert action star that's bankable and is going to make us a lot of money. Throwing the CGI, throwing the generic story, explosions. Like they're going to spend a ton of money on marketing, and the movie's going to sell itself. I'm. That that's kind of my take on how summer blockbusters have turned into, and like I said, there are exceptions. The Planet of the Ace movies are the ones that come to mind right now. So, I think what we're getting at is that it's not really a criticism to say that a story is something we've seen before. It's impossible to tell a truly unique story. Um, there's an old writer's kind of saying where there's only twenty plots. And it's how you mix and match and subvert those plots that make your your story. And there are generic things like a rescue story, a revenge story, things like that, um, unrequited love, you know, things like that. And we live in an age where um, we've got kind of a big generational impasse, and we don't really know what to make right now. So I would hope things get better as far as quality goes. But it's, it's difficult right now to say that we have any true modern classics. Even even the, the franchises that are coming back, like Star Wars, are not taking the risks that their predecessors took. We all know those stories by heart now, but in their day, I mean, they were pretty brave films. Or even Planet of the Apes. There's a reason why we still remember the original Planet of the Apes, because it was a provocative film it looks cheesy and the music's terrible nowadays but you have to put yourself in the amount of risk put into that film and then it told a great morality tale even if it's a morality tale we'd been told before in a unique way and that's what the new planet of the apes films do they don't do anything we've never seen before other than you know having apes be protagonists but it's it's more the story is what you'd expect but it's presented in a way that keeps you engaged and doesn't talk down to you you don't need every character to spell out what they're going to do i don't need chris pratt to have a one-liner to make me put up the big sign that says laugh here it's it's i feel like a big part of it is movies now are more are far movies have always been about money it's all about the commercials and all about how it can be marketed that's that's a thing since the first blockbusters that's just how they are but it doesn't mean that they have to talk down to you. You don't need to be insulted uh, by the media you're consuming. Um, it's it's just I, I, don't, I don't know. Joe, do you have anything to add about this? I mean, I'll kind of go based off that point. Like when it comes to like how movies are done and created, it just seems like they are really worried about making their money back just because movies just cost so much money to make, especially if you have anything that gets put onto like a, a bigger distribution, like in a film, like, or in a, like a theater or even like even Netflix. I mean, it does cost quite a bit of money just to go on there too, just because I mean, they don't make a lot from their like to go into that kind of production. So they do have to get a lot of outside money to do that. And then they have to repay those people. So it's just like, really, it's just, I think to just, everything is a safe and that's the thing is like and then the thing is if you try to divert or try to go away from something people just get mad and they like seem to like have this weird fashion like a weird um like affection to like a movie or some series and if you do try to make any changes like the star wars films like it seems like they're just rehashing a new hope and all the older ones but the thing is like in reality they should, they should be going a different direction if they actually want to get a new fan base and not play it safe I mean, that's what they should do, in my opinion. But they want their money back, and they also want to uh, get both sides of, like, younger people and also old people that remember it. And I think it bears mentioning to say that we're not 
we're not trying to insult. You know, if you have a favorite movie that came out this summer, or like if you really liked Guardians or, or Wonder Woman, those movies are fine films. It's just that it, I don't, I don't, what's really interesting is it's fascinating how the talk and buzz around Wonder Woman died, like, instantly. Like, it's just, nobody talks about it now. Nobody's talking about it now. And no. it's just, everyone wouldn't stop talking about it before, like, it was a cultural event, and I think, I think it's, it, it was a fine film, like we said before, but it, we kind of called it, you know, it, it, it really, I don't, no one wants to talk about it now. Like, it was very flash in the pan, kind of its own thing and it's gone i mean well, you could you, if, if, I, oh sorry no, go ahead, go ahead was, joe so yeah so i mean when it comes to wonder woman in general i think it that was just more of like the media pushing it and doing their own narratives to actually create something that people kind of saw in it but the media just reinforced it so like you know making it more about like feminism and that sort of thing but the thing is that movie was never actually truly about that it was just about a comic book hero, which is Wonder Woman, who happens to have some of the ideals of feminism, but it, it that wasn't the main point of the movie. It's a fucking superhero movie at the end of the day. That's all it was. And honestly, when it comes to any superhero movies, I don't remember most of them, the ones I watched, to be quite honest, and that's just like any other one. And Yeah, and that's kind of superhero movies. Matt made a fantastic point the other day when we were talking about how superhero movies have kind of paved the way for this uh I, I suppose i don't know the cinematic universism film yeah but not even it's not even just that there's a certain everyone always knows exactly what to say which is typical in film that's not new but it's always like the perfect thing to say and it's almost like movies are so self-aware now that they think that they're clever for being self-aware uh, i'm gonna pick an easy target and i'm going to talk about ghostbusters 2016 because i finally saw that fairly recently and it's not that i wanted to dislike that film i i really didn't try to go into it with any negative expectations i don't hate the actresses they work well together in other films um i Melissa mccarthy you know take her or leave her but but she's okay whatever I, but it it didn't it didn't have any of the of the 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 charm and character of the original film and what made the original film so special is that they kind of just threw it out there you know it, it it worked somehow and it's because of the people acting knew how to be funny without sabotaging it i guess and it it's almost like it's almost like they were afraid to make a competent film i don't know how else to describe it like they it's just it's a mess like every joke if they would just let it breathe for a second, it would have been fine. But nobody ever stops talking. Um, and this was – I'm totally ripping off of uh, Red Letter Media's newest blanket review that talked about this today. But Yeah, I was going to actually make a point of that because I saw that – because um, I subscribed to it. And so I was like, oh, that's well, that's, yeah. that's there. <laughs> so I was just and like – they made, they made a lot of really good points. No. I didn't, I didn't watch that, it, but yeah. It's points that – they always make really good points. And it's, it's not to plug them, but it's just – it's – it's the kind of film that it should have been better than it was, but it didn't even really know what it wanted to be. And it it just – it didn't really understand what Ghostbusters was. And I'm not even like the biggest fan of the original Ghostbusters. I think it's fine. Oh, my watching around Halloween. But it's just – it's one of those franchises that they could have probably made a reboot and it could have been good. But instead, they just went in a weird direction. That movie, that, that that series has a weird fan base, though. Like, if you want to talk about weird fan bases, just the kind of fan bases some of these films garner is, it's just odd. Don't give, like, I like the original Ghostbusters. It's a really good movie. It's a classic, and I will, I'll show it to my son as he gets older. But it, it's not a movie that necessarily defined my childhood. And I well, think you I were think, a little. You'll I think you were. Like I think you were a little bit too young for that. I yeah, mean, but, unless you watched movies that were but I can, older all the time. Yeah, I kind of watch. I kind of watch movies that I wasn't supposed to be at certain ages. Well, I, but, I, I think we all did. Yeah, <laughs> as part of growing up in the eighties and nineties. Yeah, because that's when parents didn't really. Force. Yeah, didn't really yeah. know as much. But people, people our age are at at this point where. Like there's a big nostalgia culture among millennials, especially older millennials like us, and 
now it's like if you make anything like in in Hollywood is very it's creatively Hollywood is creatively bankrupt right now. So it's either got to be an established franchise um which which counts under like Star Wars comic books, stuff like that. It's got to be a reboot. And that that's pretty much all they all they're working with or like an already an IP that's already established like Transformers. So they they they're rebooting a bunch of movies that like from franchises we enjoyed as kids and we're very protective of the feelings and emotions that those movies brought out in us as children and we haven't necessarily grown out of that as adults. So I think there was already an immediately immediate backlash against this new Ghostbusters movie regardless of how it turned out as a film which turns out it was not a very good film but there's already an immediately backlash for political reasons and otherwise. And I think it just shows that, you know, we we're not the best judges of a film's quality all the time, but that Hollywood also can't make a decent movie most of the time. Well, it's because people vote with, with their wallets, which is fine. And marketing campaigns, uh, that's what they're there for. They're doing their jobs and they're doing them pretty well. Uh, there's there's a lot of films that come out that they don't have the budget for that, but they're trying to make a statement or they they tell a really good story. And it's it's just it's just kind of sad that the last movie that I personally have seen in theaters um, that was actually thought provoking and really led me walking away was well I guess Planet of the Apes, but before that was Arrival, it was last holiday when that came out, and that was. It was fantastic. You know, it wasn't this big tentpole thing. It was a good, thoughtful film. And it's sad to see that we keep making these loud... I'm not going to criticize CGI because, honestly, CGI is, is getting to the point now where as long as it's done well, you don't even notice it. And it's not distracting. No, but uh, I would but like, I would argue that CGI is blowing up the budgets of these films. It's yeah. getting cheaper, but yeah, I agree. Um, but it's it's making it where you have to like you have to appeal to the lowest common denominator in order to get a return. Like we were talking about the Force Awakens earlier, the Force Awakens cost three hundred and six million dollars to make, mm-hmm. and I mean, they, that they made and that was broke. like yeah, they made they made um two billion dollars with the movie, and but like I'm not trying to like diverge from your point, but. Just for how safe the Force Awakens was, it's it's Star Wars. It would have made its money back regardless of whether it cost three hundred million or ten million to make. Well, I think See, that's that's the thing about the Star Wars series, though, is that that's actually a series where they don't have to be safe and they'll still make their money whether it ends up being good or not. So, I mean, that's that's has always been my complaint about it. It's the hope is, if no pun intended, uh, that <laughs> a new hope is that the, the yeah a new hope is. Uh, the Force Awakens played it safe so it could get people reinvested again because whether you liked or didn't like the prequels, they're they're messy films. Like even if you thought they were fine, even if you were a kid, they're flawed films. They're, they left they, a bad taste in a lot of fans' mouths. They did. Like if you were a young child, you probably didn't notice, but watch them again and really pay attention and you will see the issues. And it's not They just get better just, actually. They just get better. That's what some people want to say, but <laughs> Other than adding some cool like background lore implications, it it flubbed up some really big stuff in Star Wars that a, a an amateur high school uh, writing kid could could fix. You know, a, a drama club member could figure out better than George Lucas could. But it it's not the point. I'm getting off track. We are host. Uh, it, Sorry about that. Um, the, the what I'm trying to say is the the Force Awakens had to get people back on board, and yep. it did it in the safest way possible. I'm going to withhold judgment for the Last Jedi until I see it, um, but I do have a sinking suspicion, considering what we've seen of the film so far and trailers, that it's really going to rehash a lot of Jedi too, or uh, Empire Strikes Empire. Back too, which is. Which is a problem because that film was is like the holy grail, quote unquote, of of older Star Wars fans. Um, and just you know, Star Wars in general. Really, yeah. It was it was the 
the best shot, the best acted, and had the best script. But um, I, I, I don't know. I think there's this weird call for darkness in movies, and and you know they're already marketing this one. It's like, oh, this is a dark entry in the Star Wars saga. So. <laughs> So speak, speaking on like that note, like the tonal shift in movies, do we know when this started? Like when did when did movies start getting to be this? Like everything's got to be really dark. Honestly, well, Bat- that's... Batman Batman Begins. I mean, I was gonna say something like that, or just like pretty much when Christopher Nolan just start decided to start writing movies. It seems like that's I, when that started happening. To be quite honest, because almost like cause, like, like think about the think of, like okay, so the superhero movies that came before Christopher Nolan, like we have we have X Men, we have Spider Man, like those like out of the those are the good ones. Like, yeah, I know you don't like I know you don't like the new the old Spider Man movies, Joe. But as far as like it's not because I don't like the movies. Con- I just don't, don't like, like Tobey like Maguire. Maguire. Yeah, that's that's what. But it general is. consensus: X Men One, X Men Two, and the first two Spider Man movies are like good pre Nolan superhero movies. Then you have campy trash like Fantastic Four, Elektra, Catwoman, and then like once Batman Begins comes out, then like a few years later we have the MCU. There's yeah. like a tonal shift in not just superhero movies, but just the general box office tone in movies everything the color palette goes to like this this nasty ugly gray like movies just start looking grayscale after back <laughs> begins. films films have tried to get more colorful lately they've gone they've gotten yeah. better in that regard it's but, just, but it's, it's taken 12 years since batman begins to get to the point where we are now i think well i mean just like anything within a decade you know i mean things are going to change but it's yeah just, it's it's this we're in this weird place where our generation and I'm not even necessarily going to talk about movies but our generation wants things to be darker because but think, would you would you argue that that was where it yeah i i would say that's a part of it at least in films i'm sure that trend you know it doesn't just have a specific start point but no, if you but think that, about i i think batman begins kind of is that start point just because i mean it did, it financially did well and like other people want to imitate it, whether it be a superhero movie or not. And so films started to go in that more drastic, darker tone. Because I mean, honestly, any movies that I've seen before that, if they were serious, they weren't as dark. And um, then they didn't the try dark, to be. And then the Dark Knight just kind of like it just took that and just like broke it ran the with it, yeah. I, and then yeah, and just kept going with it. And everyone's like, oh man, this is how you make a real superhero series is the Batman, you know, series with like Begins, Dark Knight, and you mm-hmm. know. And then just making creating that, and then now everyone wants to imitate that. I mean, granted, I mean if you look at Marvel, I would say some of theirs aren't as like dark. Like the Avengers, in my opinion, isn't that dark or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, they they definitely try to take things away from that, especially with the X Men series. Like that started to get darker once um, those movies came out. Ultimately, I think a lot of this um, just comes from people getting older and seeing the ways the world works and they just kind of learn from that and you kind of move on from that. And, and it's just, that's just how it goes. And that's, like I said, it's kind of a cycle. Um, It just, and superheroes always in comics, especially have always reflected the world that we live in. Um, Post-World War II America, everything was very optimistic with Captain America and all these things. And then you get to the, the 80s and you know there's the cold war going on and things like watchmen came out and uh the dark knight returns which is really gritty um batman story it's actually batman versus superman just totally aped parts from that uh, it's and then you know you get things more starting to get a little more positive for a while with the, the keaton and the joel schumacher batman films let's not get into that though um and then and then Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire, which I still like the first two Spider-Man, Sam Raimi Spider-Man films. I think I, they're fine. Spider-Man they're, they're, two, Spider-Man two is still one of my favorite superhero movies. It's they're they're ultimately optimistic. Oh, they're good for sure. Heroes, but we've moved again into the phase of anti-heroes. Um, and, and that, yeah, go ahead, Frank. Sorry. And characters like Deadpool are really popular. Harley Quinn. 
Um, I finally watched Suicide Squad recently, and I yeah. wish I didn't. It was, <laughs> I still have not seen it, and I don't plan on it. It, it really... I'm not sure who that movie was for, honestly. Real, it was for but it not, was not for real one. fans. It was for real fans. Real fans the, or people that love Jared Leto. That's pretty much it. Not, not <laughs> he, wasn't the, he wasn't in the movie that much, though. <laughs> it just we we have this, you know, and ultimately, but our culture frames the media we watch. But I guess the point we were trying to get to originally is that the media also frames the culture. It just kind of keeps it going so to speak. It's kind of like what we said with Wonder Woman. I meant to get back to this a while ago. Wonder Woman was a fine film. It was competent, but there was a narrative constructed around it and outrage on both sides about how people perceived that narrative. Uh, I know some people that were really upset that the Elmo Draft House did a two women-only showings of the film. I I don't personally understand why people were upset about that, and I'm, it's probably not the first time they've done something like that. Um, but the the point a lot of people had was like, well, people would be really upset if they did a man only showing of a movie. I'm like, but but that's not why they did it. They did it because it celebrates being female. I don't see a problem with that. Well, to be fair with that too, like I just sorry for jumping in on that, but it's just like more like yeah, they, like an all man showing. That's like almost every other fucking superhero movie. So I mean. Because pretty much only men go to a lot of those. So yeah. you could be... You could it was just a... Way. It was kind of a strange... Well, that's part of the narrative is what I'm saying, you know. And then it was this, you know, I can go to the movies now and there's someone I can relate to thing. And I'm like, okay, you know, that's totally cool. I agree with someone says it. But then when the, when the media jumps on that and it's just like, oh, this is the champion of feminism. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think... I don't think Wonder Woman's a good feminist icon, honestly. But... I'm not a, really a feminist, so I don't have an opinion on that. Um, I mean, I do call myself a feminist, but I mean, I haven't seen the movies, so I don't know, honestly. It was. It just we we frame things in a way, and there's a narrative, and that leads us to our next talking point, Joe. If you want to start that off, sure. Yeah. So I mean, the next thing we kind of just want to talk about is just more how a lot of this affects like. Um, or the effect of aggregate review sites on the film industry and like the entertainment industry and how that kind of affects people's like perceptions before they see a film or even just harsh reviews that kind of just come from the woodwork. Because the thing is, just so you guys know what a aggregate review site, it pretty much just takes all the reviews from many different facets of media outlets and puts it together, creates a score. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of familiar with it when it comes to like games, not so much with films. I mean, I don't know, Matt, do you want to kick us off on that one? Yeah, just so for a long for a long time I live and died by what Rotten Tomatoes would say about a movie like if it got a rotten remo- review like it's not a movie for for me like I'm not going to watch a movie that got a rotten review from Rotten Tomato. And I don't I don't know when this shift changed but just just watching a few videos on YouTube and just like talking to people and reading reading articles online it's just I don't I don't know. It's I don't really care what Rotten Tomato says anymore about a movie. Like it's a movie I'm interested in going to see, like I'm gonna go see it. And like I'll I'll check Rotten Tomatoes to see what the what the score is, but it usually doesn't affect like my opinion on the movie one way or another. Matt, could you quickly sense. could you quickly explain what Rotten Tomatoes is for someone who might so, not know? So Rotten Tomatoes is a website. It's just RottenTomatoes.com, and they they get reviews from critics, quote critics, because some of the critics are suspect. But they get they get reviews from critics, and they aggregate them into a percentage. So it to keep it simple, for a movie like Beauty and the Beast has ten reviews, nine of them are positive, one's bad. It's got a ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So, at that point, like it's like if you're above sixty percent, you're fresh, which means if it's six, above sixty percent, it's a good movie. If it's fifty nine or below, it's rotten. It's a bad movie. Don't go see a rotten movie. So, and then certain movies get the certified fresh tag on them, and then that way studios like it started last year, like with the certified fresh stuff in advertising. But that way you can go out and be like, our movie is certified fresh. 
you you can know with confidence that our movie is worth going to see because it's got a certified fresh and rotten tomatoes. And that was about the point where I kind of stopped taking rotten tomatoes seriously when movies started using it in their marketing. That, that's just my two cents. Yeah, I wanted this. Uh, quickly state too so i just decided to look up round tomatoes just really quick just so that people would know um so the owner of the website actually is like it's a 30 percent is time warner 70 percent is comcast nbc universal just so you guys know um i did not know that so that kind of explains why it's been used a lot more in marketing because like fandango media is like 30 percent which now is owned yeah. by warner brothers and then same thing with comcast nbc universal that's why again you know, you see a lot of movies actually say like certified fresh because they fucking mm-hmm. own the website to be able to, you know, use that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that, that, that was I, that was about the time that I got disillusioned with the... I don't know when that change happened. I remember Rotten Tomatoes used to not be a part of that. But I mean, I'm looking right now and it looks like uh, uh, Warner Brothers owned it back in 2011. So it's been that long. Um, <laughs> and then Comcast got into it a little bit later on. I think last year was when I noticed it, like, being used in advertisements. Yeah. So, I mean, Frank, do you have stuff to add? Um, I, I, I didn't know that they were owned like that, but upon thinking about it, all that, I think that could frame a narrative, but I don't think it frames as much the narrative as you might think, just because it's an aggregate site, and they pull from a lot of different sources. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm just saying but, that that's more for the marketing purposes. I'm not talking no, about the reviews themselves. I'm just talking about sense, that part though. of it. It's it's aggregate. I don't like review scores, personally. Uh, full disclosure, if we ever do reviews on the website, I really don't want to do review scores. That's something that we probably won't do, reviews in general. But I, I just want to say... I don't like review scores i some of my favorite reviewers and of of film and other things don't give a score they say what they liked and what they didn't like because a review is ultimately subjective there's no objectivity in a review because your past experiences and things you've consumed via media affect that score no matter what Um, but that disclaimer out of the way aggregate sites are a problem because framing how you feel you're going to perceive a movie before it comes out is always problematic. Uh, To be fair, you can see stinkers from a mile away sometimes. Uh, There's a certain text-based film that came out recently um, that uses colorful characters and I don't even want to dignify um, that panders to an audience that frankly doesn't deserve to be pandered to and and it, we know that's bad. We don't need to be told it's bad. And but but it's almost like that kind of negativity validates it. So it goes both ways. If a film is certified fresh and it's you know safe and whatever, like I'm sure uh, Wonder Woman is certified fresh. But but to me, a high review score, if it's if it's actually a good movie, like a fantastic film. It shouldn't be one of many fantastic films. There are classic films we remember forever. And then there's movies that get really high reviews that we forget 10 minutes later. It's and, a, major- and, a majority of the Marvel movies. I'm going to, I'm just going to put that out there. Like a majority of the Marvel movies are like, I think almost every MCU movie is a fresh review. And I th- most of them are largely forgettable weeks after you've watched them it's it's kind of well that's that's kind of the problem like i'm someone who's very detail oriented and i pay attention to little things much to my wife's dismay sometimes and i i can't tell you some of the plot beats from guardians and i saw it like a month and a half ago i don't even really remember details from wonder woman and that was something i enjoyed more I can remember really classic films, though, and I remember some of the more recent films I enjoyed as well. But it's it's just this kind of bite-sized, disposable entertainment doesn't – it makes money, but it doesn't – it's difficult to say what we're going to remember remember 20 years from now, I suppose, is the point. And I don't think aggregate sites help with that remembrance. Like, yeah, we have the internet to look back. Oh, boy – 
that movie with the colorful characters that are text-based sure was terrible, <laughs> but it's just, I'm not going to remember that it ever existed a couple of years from now. There's there's crappy animated films that came out last year that I don't even remember. I, I have vague uh, gap in knowledge to know that something awful came out right around that time, but... This is usually around the, this is like, especially in August is the time where one of those kind of movies does come out. It's like the every year, every year, just because that's when you put it in. Because it's on nothing else. I do remember (laughs) pixels. The only reason why I remember pixels is because I watched some really like hilarious reviews about it. It's, but that's the only reason why I remember it. I can dignify pixels because it needs to be pointed out how terrible that film is. The fucking awful film. I'm not going to dignify other stuff, but it is. It is a. It, I don't even know what Adam Sandler. He kind of just shows up and gets like, oh, that's a thing. I'm reacting. I'm aware I'm in a movie, and it's not. It's so frustrating. And you know what? I'm gonna go on a little mini rant, Joe. Wait, you. wait. Did you watch that movie? Yes, you I actually did. watched it. I only watched the reviews, and it I, pretty much I, told I, me, I, "Do I, not watch this film because it's complete I did, trash." I did the example of skimming it via like a streaming service. I want to say it was on HBO or something. Okay. Um, I, I had it on in the background, and I I think I rolled my eyes so hard that they created their own gravity. But that's Which not created it. in the Emoji Movie. Got it. it whoa, whoa! What movie? <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, I mean, a uh, character-based movie. Well, they're, they're... text movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's sorry. I I don't. It's. Oh, I lost my train of thought. Well, you said you were gonna go on a rant of some it's, sort or other side. It's, movies nowadays have this strange need to not take themselves seriously and kind of play it like it's a joke, and it personally takes me out. Guardians of the Galaxy is very very guilty of this. I really like Guardians, the first one. I thought it was an enjoyable film, but it does this thing where the characters are acutely aware that what they're doing doesn't make any sense, but they have no frame of reference for thinking that doesn't make any sense because they exist in this world where that makes sense. So many movies nowadays, they don't play anything straight. They, they, they like, well, this is pretty stupid, right? But we're going to do it anyway because, you know, it's a movie and it's, the newest Fantastic Four was a, a movie that was ashamed that it existed. The Fantastic Four is about four people with really weird superpowers. You cannot make that gritty and silly. There is a man made of pebbles. There is a man who can stretch. There's a girl who can turn invisible. And there's a man who lights himself on fire, which isn't even that uncommon of an ability in superhero stuff. But instead, that movie made it seem like they were the most tragic characters ever. I'm like... The dude stretches. Don't don't try to make it seem like you're embarrassed to make this film. Just play it straight. Just let it go. Like I may not have enjoyed the old like I don't even remember who was in them, but Jessica Alba was in them. The campy, the campy ones from the early. But the 2000s. campy ones were honest with themselves. They knew how ridiculous it was. Like the Fantastic Four is ridiculous. It was made in a time when things are ridiculous. You could make a serious Fantastic Four film without being like. Gosh, why did we, you know, we're embarrassed that it exists. And it's just, we, we live in this time where even films that should, that have a sense of grounding, they have a sly wink to the audience like, oh, well, we know that you think this is stupid. And we know this is stupid too, but it's got to happen. And it, it's, it's this aggravating trend where just play it straight, guys. Don't try to make it, you're pointing out how bad the plot is when you do this. Do we want to talk, like, I know this is going to, like, set you off, Frank, but I think the most egregious example of this that I can think of off the top of my head is Jurassic World. Let's not, okay, you know what? Yeah, let's go there. Let's go there. With the the guy who works in the control center who's, like, wearing the retro Jurassic Park shirt, and he's just, like, he's, like, sitting there, like, a wink to the audience, like, yeah, man, I got it for 90 bucks off eBay. This shirt's awesome. That old park was legit. Like they didn't have all this high tech stuff, but man, they really did some like and and like in the movie they're talking about like yeah, Jurassic Park was awesome. We're all aware of this, and it's just like it's like a slap in the face to us as moviegoers saying like, yeah, I bet you wish you were watching that old movie instead of this right now. And I'm That's... like, yeah, yeah, I kind of wish I was, but like okay. why why make that point in the movie? Why? 
you opened you opened Pandora's box, man. I I, may, I knew this. I knew I like I knew this was gonna okay. Off, I am extremely passionate about Jurassic Park. It's the whole reason I like movies. It's it it it's aged just fine. It's a fantastic Perfect. film. Yeah. It's not. It's, it's a great it, movie. It's the what I want summer blockbusters to be now, and it can totally happen because it came out in an age when summer blockbusters were good, and yeah, there were stinkers, but but it it knew what it was. It didn't pander. Characters acted smart and intelligent, but that's that's not even the point I want to get to. The Jurassic World is a film that hates you. It hates you. And I really wish it hadn't done as well as it did because the next film is also going to treat you like an idiot. And it's – I wrote a big article about this. You can read it on the site. It's A Tale of Two Parks, um, 1993 versus 2015. But it, it – I cannot – I was so frustrated seeing Nick from New Girl, the show Nick New Girl, in the control room wearing a Jurassic Park t-shirt and then like – they had to have like the visitor center from the first movie, and they had to make a point of the new ridiculous heavily sponsored dinosaur break through it. And, oh, man, you guys don't like dinosaurs. Let's make a super dinosaur, and let's have a sci-fi original movie plot. And it just – oh, there's so many issues with that film that I don't, I don't understand. I don't know why, why the director hates us so much. It, it's just like you like this old movie with tough titties. It's this is the new hotness. This is how things are now, and it it's not that it it does. I'm not accusing Jurassic World of ruining my childhood or anything like that. I didn't I didn't hate the entire experience of the film. I just disliked that it used my nostalgia and weaponized it against me. It it called it out too. Like look how clever we are. We know that this movie won't be as good as the first one, but we're going to acknowledge it, so that automatically makes us okay, and that's not right. Yeah, it's 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 like like you like you said earlier, like them like being self-aware, like, hey, we realize this is going to be as good, but we like know how much you love this movie. We're going to make this one anyways. It's and and even the the new Ghostbusters did it. It it aped just enough from the original film to where you're like, why? If you're going to make a reboot, like, why make the first film again? And this, to be clear, has – I do not care about the gender or sex of any of the actors in the film. That did not affect my perception of it. It could have been just as good as the original. But they went for this awkward, cheap, slapstick laugh part where the original was like 99% verbal humor and really good non sequiturs that if you're not paying attention, you're not going to get. And it's just – I don't understand why – films now feel like they have to treat you like you're a moron and you didn't catch it someone will make a joke and then someone will explain the joke three seconds later and i don't understand i don't understand why that is the thing well it's just it's that's a common trend with like most newer comedies that are just like that especially the more higher budget ones they all tend to like cater to this audience that just needs to you know have like this slapstick humor which you know is it's great and all for certain people but the thing is like don't make everything like that and the ghostbusters like you said wasn't like that so why would you make a reboot of a movie when you're trying to be honest with it and then just do that like that that just ruins the film and honestly i don't think that was probably the best series to reboot again because of the fan base because they're pretty much legitimately crazy so well, well i'm not going to criticize fan bases but but it, it's if people get passionate about a thing, I don't understand it, and it's not just movies; it's games too. But it it's like a sense of ownership for some folks, and that's that's their prerogative, I, whatever they like. But it just I guess we there's a concept of of filmmaking now called the soft reboot, where it's a sequel to an original film, but it's also kind of a reboot, and um. Jurassic World was one, like it acknowledged that the first movie existed, but we're moving past it kind of thing, even though it's kind of a retelling of that story. Ghostbusters was a full reboot. It had no reason to rehash the plot in a way that was super clumsy. Like it had an actual villain. There wasn't really a villain in the first movie in the original Ghostbusters, just, you know, like a Sumerian god, but that wasn't really the villain. It was just kind of like the big bad in the end. 
you know, it's just, um, yeah. it's, it's a trend. It's, I don't know, Matt, do you have, do you, you know what I'm saying? Obviously. Yeah. And it's just, I don't, it's okay for a movie to be campy. There's, there's this certain re- feeling that, that a movie has to acknowledge that it's being campy and it doesn't need to because it's okay for things to be weird. I'm going to cite Star Trek. I've been watching that lately and everybody walks around in pajamas and uses TV remotes to zap each other. And there's all this very Shakespearean broad morality stuff, but, but it still tells a good story and it doesn't point out that everybody's in pajamas pointing TV remotes at each other and uh, speaking in Shakespearean lines. It's, just it just is in so many movies now and even the new star treks are guilty of this point out the ridiculousness of of things there's a scene in the new star trek reboot in 2009 where kirk sits down at a bar and there's a weird alien and he stares at the weird alien i'm like dude that would just be normal news for you you live in in, you know 300 years from now like that's just normal to you you're not going to react to that like i would react to that and it, it's like they were like, see, we think it's weird too. It, it's just this kind of wink to the audience that it's it just takes me right out of films. The newest Guardians film was very guilty of it. It's so unremarkable that I don't remember, but I remember getting upset about it when I watched it. And it's just, it's, it's, and when I say I'm getting upset, I'm not getting visibly angry. I'm not like letting it sour my enjoyment. It's just, it's noticeable and it takes me out of it. Uh, it's a trend in film that needs to frankly go away. I, I don't get why it became a thing or where it came from, frankly. Um, other, it's a difference though. In a spoof, that's fine. A spoof can acknowledge that a film is is a premise is silly, but there hasn't been a good spoof in twenty years at least. So. Yeah, that's pretty rare. I mean, the last good spoof that I can remember. And that's an old film as Spaceballs, to be quite honest. Anything yeah. besides that. Yeah, I would agree. The Naked Gun films. Those. Are I mean, those good. are good, too. But those, those, that's like combining all kinds of things in one. So I don't know if that's exactly the same. I don't know. Yeah. But, well, Spaceballs, I mean, ate a lot, too. But I get what you're saying. Yeah. Mel Brooks is basically what we're saying. Mel yeah. Brooks, come back. Come back, Mel Brooks. Um, it's... I think, Matt, you might agree with me on this, but I'm not saying that every film made today is bad. And I have a very skewed view on this because I'm getting older in a time when we have attention. uh, It's easy for us to consume media way more than it was before. So I get exposed to more of it and I see a lot of bad. And just like how our brains are wired, we remember the bad more than we remember the good. 20 years from now, People might be championing something like the Wonder Woman is just the moment when superhero films finally understood diversity issues and things. But as I see it now, I don't think that's the film to do it. But maybe it will be. It uh, Time changes things uh, is basically what I'm trying to get at. I mean, that makes sense, too, because, I mean, when, if people talk about older films or cult classics, that sort of thing, like, they don't become cult classics when they first release. It takes a while. Okay. So, I mean, after five, ten years, movies that we're hating on right now or could be hating on or ones that we might not really like, there could be that fan base that brings them back and actually creates this whole narrative. It's like, they actually weren't that bad, and this is why, and then there's, like, a whole different way to look at that film. So it could yep. happen. Yep, and it probably will with yeah. all, some of the bad films that we have now too. And it's yeah. just, it's, it's not. We're not trying to be negative and just hate. There are plenty. Of, I get entertainment from films that aren't are ones I criticize, like Jurassic World. I, as a longtime fan of Jurassic Park, I I feel like it's it's still better than Jurassic Park Three. That's a very low bar, but <laughs> um, it still made it. Um, it but and I still. I still found enjoyment. There's a kid in me that loved it. It's just like with the newer Star Wars films. Like Rogue One is a pretty joyless, melodramatic slog that is trying to create a series made to sell toys to children and make it more dark than was originally intended. Um, But ultimately, the Star Wars fan and the kid in me totally loved some of the scenes, even if the film uh, buff in me really didn't. Sure. Movies are a subjective thing. It has the beauty of agreement and disagreement. If 
if you don't like a movie and I do, then oh well. If you love a movie and I think it's the worst thing ever, that's how it is. And we can have a civil discussion on it. Yeah. I don't I don't think that we need to just be binary. And that's why I don't like review scores. That was a long way to get around <laughs> to that point. But Oh yeah. It's ultimate. So I mean to kind of just wrap up our podcast a little bit, we'll just go straight to our last topic and that's just pretty much uh, the current films that are coming out and just like the insulting nature of them. Um, I mean, we've kind of already talked a little bit about that, but I mean, do we just want to like maybe clarify a few things before we kind of wrap up? I'm not going to get into a rant about Transformers, but I want, Matt, why don't you talk about Transformers and why just, I don't want to keep talking. Like what? What? What do you? What do you want me to say about Transformers? Just, just, just like the insulting nature of them in general. They, like they, or two of their those are just bases. like those movies are just like the lowest common denominator. of The movie, they they're bloated, they're dumb, they have uninteresting characters, rehashing of plots in every movie. And they never end. These movies are two and a half hours. Like every single one is like two and a half hours long. And they just, I'm glad. I'm, I'm finally glad. It took five movies, but finally people have like started to like wise up to like, we don't care about Transformers anymore because the last night did not perform as well as the other ones. Like you could make an argument for the first three. Like you're gonna have to like you're gonna have to like really convince me on why the first three were okay for what they were. But I think people finally like wised up after the fourth one that okay, they've they're creatively bankrupt, which whatever. But these movies are just like pandering, lowest common denominator. There's not a whole lot going on here. And I think Transformers is a good example of not to pick on Michael Bay because it's easy, but Michael Bay is the lowest. Com- <laughs> <laughs> Michael Bay is the lowest common denominator filmmaker. Like, let's get real serious. And you can argue it's he's doing it on purpose to like show how nasty American culture is, or he's actually a great filmmaker. Like, but taking for what the movies he makes for, he's the lowest common denominator filmmaker who just likes. Like he likes women in revealing clothing, he likes fast cars, and he likes explosions. Like those are all his movies boil down to. It's it's kind of I've said it before and I'll say it again. Just because a movie is like a popcorn film, a fun summer movie, doesn't mean that it has to be stupid. It it doesn't need it. If if they just wanna have a movie that's just spectacle with no substance Okay, but don't even pretend to have a plot then. But they they keep trying to have a plot, and it's so messy. Like it's 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 so like it doesn't even fit within its own narrative. And even the first three films are guilty of that. It, it's I, I, I have I, not I, seen the newest one. To be clear, I Go just ahead. want to point out that Planet of the Apes opened with had a bigger opening weekend than Transformers did. Which is a good sign, because it had a great plotting, great acting, effects that you didn't even really notice. I mean, all the apes are CGI, but honestly, I didn't even think about it till afterwards. Um, it's, it's this kind of age where the dumb popcorn film, there's this sentiment, and I hate it, where just turn your brain off. No, like why? Why do I have to turn my brain off to find enjoyment in this film? That's not correct. It's okay to, to find like kind of a base enjoyment out of an explosion. I mean it's it tickles the dopamine centers all over the place, but but it doesn't mean it has to be just that. It it, it can have a little bit to it that's that's not so dumb. Like there's there's action movies. Okay, think about Terminator two. That's I'm not gonna talk about Jurassic Park again because I could, but I won't. Terminator 2 is still held up as an excellent action film because it was smart. The characters did things that made sense. It had a beginning, middle, and end tied to the original in an organic way, but not in a necessary way. 
all these Transformer movies, they're they're just dumb. They they're dumb, and I don't mean dumb like, like duh. I mean like, they they insult you as an audience member to not understand anything else and assume that. They assume the weirdest things. They assume you know what a Transformer is, but they don't assume like what they can do. And even then, they don't even make any sense from scene to scene. Can they transform into anything? Can they change their mass? Well, maybe. I guess that the plot demands it. It's, it's, it's the worst kind of dumbness. Do you guys want to know a good dumb summer movie that still was stupid and loud and holds up well? The second Independence Day movie. I'm probably going to get crucified for this from what I've said, but if people want to hold the original movie up as this fun summer blockbuster that everyone finally remembers, then you got to do it with the second one because it was the same idea. Not the same movie. It actually was an Honest to God sequel, which was very pleasant. Um, but it, 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 it had fun. It was dumb, but it was the right kind of dumb. It was self-aware, schlocky, 60s sci-fi dumb. A lot of these movies now, they're just like, they take themselves seriously and, I'm evil now. I've got a deep, throaty voice, and I'm going to do things that are really bad. But it's okay, because I'm just being bad for ten minutes, and then I'll be good again. And it's it's this kind of insulting narrative. It, it, it's like people pick on the movies that are intentionally cheesy, but they don't pick on the movies that are just bad cheesy. And it doesn't make any sense to me. And I yeah. talked so much this podcast. <laughs> I am so sorry, guys. Well, that's fine. And I was just going to kind of just like talk about maybe The Dark Tower really quick. Um, It kind of fits in with this a little bit just because The Dark Tower is a book series by Stephen King, which is actually a pretty in-depth series. I actually personally have not read the books, but I know that they are pretty in-depth and they actually have a lot of substance. And then we have the movie, which is a 90-minute action film. That's all it is. Really no... Like there's some plot to it. It's just like boy writes uh, can draw things from a different like um, different universe you could say or a different like um, like warp like time warp or whatever. And so he gets to draw things that are happening on a different Earth or a different um, like thing. And then he can kind of explain it through that. And then he finds like a portal, goes through it, uh, finds the people that he actually was drawing, and realizes what kind of power he has, and like finds out he's a psychic. And then it goes from there, and this is all about just killing things, and um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And I don't know, honestly, I was not very pleased by that, just because from what I know about the books, they were a lot more in-depth than that. And that's what a lot of reviews did, or what the reviews said. Unfortunately, I read some of them before I did watch it, so I was a little biased when I walked in. But yeah, I mean, that's just, again, just the current state of films. It's like, And the thing is, you could kind of tell that there was probably a longer film there at some point. But you could tell there was some stuff that's cut out, and it just was not that great of a film for what it should have been. I mean, what do you guys do? You guys have anything to add to that kind of stuff? I haven't seen it. The books are yeah. are are good. It it sounded, judging by what I've seen of the film, everything's kind of a cycle, and this is another cycle. So they kind of have an excuse not to follow the books. Um. And I, a few others have, have said that in reviews as well that are knowledgeable with the book series. So, yeah. um, like, time is a circle kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, um, I get that. But, I mean, at the same time, though, it's like that's not what the books were always about. It wasn't just about that. No, like... no, it's the, the books are kind of an amazing, kind of the first real shared universe, honestly, that I can think of in modern media Stephen King created because all of his stories are in that universe. Yeah. Um. Like, it's kind of hinted that the world that Roland is from is what the world looks like after his novella, The Mist, you know, which is kind of cool. Um, you know, it's 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 pretty neat. It, I haven't I haven't seen the movie. I, I've yeah. heard mixed mixed things on it. I'll see it when I can. I, yeah. I have no I like Idris Elba and my uh, my boy, Maddie Mack over there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, I wouldn't say it's, like, the worst film I've ever seen, obviously, but just, like, in general, it's just, like, it was not exactly what I was expecting. I mean, I would from the previews or the trailers, you could definitely tell it was going to be an action film, but at the end of the day, it's just, like, you know, add a little bit more to it. Don't make it 90 minutes. There's, I mean, there's definitely some things you could do to it than just making, like, oh, I'm a guy who just, like, shoots guns, 
kills things, whatever, and just make it super dramatic. Because, I mean, you could say that, I mean, it's all about the gunplay, pretty much, the gunslinger. So, I don't know. It just kind of centered around him more than even the child, to be quite honest. Well, I mean, he is the main character. In well, the yeah, too. I know, but I'm just saying in general, it's like, it just kind of centered around the way that he shoots and how, you know, he's able to defeat the enemies within his own universe. So. I got you. Um, can I say one more thing before we wrap things up? Sure. Okay. Uh, it won't be long. Um, I just want to say, we we really believe, the three of us, and I'm sure Brent does as well. Um, Dad camp. Um, uh, we, we, we aren't negative for the sake of being negative. There's enough of that in the media and review scape online and in magazines and things. We're not criticizing film because we like watching films be bad. Uh, or movies, or, or, or I'm sorry, games, or, or books, or, or music, or anything we talk about, we really genuinely believe in the best in it, and we try to look at it from all angles. Uh, there are, in, in even the worst films, there's always, okay, not always, but there's sometimes redeeming qualities that we can talk about, and we try to do that. We're not trying to just add to negativity. We're just being thoughtful. We put a little more thought in this than we probably should, but I think I speak for us all when I say that we don't revel in just being hateful about things. Is that something we can agree on? Yeah, I would agree. That's what our main purpose is just to kind of just think about a little bit more, not just be directly negative about something and just kind of look at, you know, what something like what was good about a particular film, game, music, and then like maybe what could be approved on really. That's what I would look at it. So. Constructive criticism. Matt, yeah. would you agree with that? No, I just like to complain. <laughs> Matt's being sarcastic. He's our resident complainer, so yeah, all complaints come from him. Yeah, okay. So yeah, so I guess we'll just uh, wrap it up here. Um, you know, I want to thank everyone for taking the time to listen to our uh, podcast and just kind of more about the in-depth uh, feelings when it comes to movies. Um, you can check us out at uh, batteriesfullycharged.com. Um, you probably are listening to our podcast on our site since that's the one way to w listen to it. Um, besides that, we are on uh, Twitch, which would be uh, twitch.tv slash uh, batteriesfullycharged. We're on there. And then we're also on Twitter, which is uh, BF, at bfcharged. Um, so I will say that we're going to sign off here. Um, so, yeah, thank you guys so much and have a good night. Take it easy.